0: The Holy Gospel according to Luke in the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink, later you may eat and drink? Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done, the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Oh, goodness. I, I hate to be up here again saying I, I wished for yet another easy gospel lesson and then got this one. <laughs> I I said that to someone yesterday, and they offered some solid advice. They're like, well, you don't have to preach on the gospel message. You can just do your own thing. And I was thinking about that. And, I mean, preaching on the gospel or the lectionary text is something that is just so deeply ingrained in me. And I think part of that is because when I preach on the gospel, I tend to know that it's this Holy Spirit at work and not always just what I want to say, which could be easy to just say what I wanted to say. So we're gonna take it from there and see what we get from our gospel for today. But first, I've got a little bit of story time for you. So this week, I spent a lot of time prepping for Sunday school, and that involved shopping to find a lot of very random things that were needed for the curriculum. And I went to a store, which shall remain nameless, to protect the identities of all those involved in this story. (laughs) Okay. so anyway, I get to the checkout line. And the checkout person was deeply curious about why I was buying all this random stuff. They would say things like, hmm, lots of craft supplies here. Or, wow, that's a lot of magnifying glasses. And I just said, yep, mm-hmm, it is. I was kind of tired at that point, and I just I just wasn't in the mood to share why I was purchasing all these things and to get into the whole conversation. Well, he continued on, and at one point, he holds up a bag of cotton balls and goes, oh, I always forget that we have cotton balls here. I need to remember to buy them too. And I said, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Well, he took that as an invitation to tell me what he needed to use the cotton balls for. He said, yeah, I'm missing a toenail, and I have to clean off my toe with the cotton balls. And I said, oh, really? Huh, OK. Um, yeah. Well, I, I didn't really need to know that, um, but OK. I understand. Sometimes you're just in a place where you need to share something. And that would have been fine and would have understood if that's where it had ended. But it didn't end there. (laughs) I had bought some other things, too, one being a package of pumpkin spice cookies. And he gets to that, and he pauses over the pumpkin spice cookies and just goes, gross. (laughs) And at that point, I thought in my head, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. No, sir. You, you just got done telling me about your toenail, and you're going to say that my cookies are gross. <laughs> I was annoyed and a little indignant, and honestly, I was kind of angry at this point. So, here's where we get to the entrance of our gospel lesson for today. Because Jesus in this gospel is addressing the disciples, and right off the bat, the first thing they do is complain. Increase our faith, they say to Jesus. And I just felt it in my bones when I read that, that Jesus was also a little indignant. I imagine Jesus going, excuse me? Increase your faith? What? How on God's green earth could you, the disciples, not have enough faith? I thought, how rude was it for them to be complaining to Jesus at this moment? When? First, they are the ones who have chosen to follow Jesus. They knew up front it wasn't going to be easy. And also, Jesus has been working so hard. He's been healing lots of people, casting out demons, teaching in communities and the synagogue about God's love and forgiveness and hope that is coming to everyone in the kingdom of God come near. And the disciples have just witnessed all of that. So how could that not be enough for them to have faith in Jesus? And so I think we start at a place in this gospel lesson where Jesus might just be angry and frustrated with the disciples. And I know that it can be really hard to think about God as angry or disappointed. When we think of God, we want to always imagine God as this all-loving creator who is abounding in steadfast love. We want a lot less the slow-to-anger God. But this week I was also listening to a podcast on relationships. And they said this. They said that successful relationships are ones where anger is okay. People who never fight don't make it for as long because they're holding too much in. They said it was actually super important to be okay with being angry about certain things because anger allows us to create change. A little bit like repentance, confession, forgiveness. And so we come back to angry Jesus and the disciples pleading increase our faith. Jesus responds with anger and annoyance and perhaps a bit of sarcasm because maybe that's what the disciples needed in that moment with Jesus. And I think it comes down to the fact that they might just be missing the point yet again. Missing the point about what faith actually is and what faith actually does. And so their perspective needs to be changed. To me, faith is not really about an amount in the sense of something that can be weighed or measured. Rather, it is about trusting in God. Faith is trust. And that means trusting in God's promises for us. We're trusting in Jesus's desire for us to feel whole, for us to be healed, for us to be in relationships that are good with one another, for us to know love and life abundant. Because those are all the things that Jesus did in his ministry. Those are the elements, the little building blocks of our faith. And so, in trusting God, we are entering into this relationship with God through Jesus. I always like what Pastor Andrew says and what he's introduced to our communion liturgy. And when he says, come whether you have much faith or only a little today, come whether you have been here often or whether it's your first time. Because those two things go hand in hand. Often we find that we can be in relationship with God and in the presence of God better when we're in relationship with God by taking the sacraments, communion and baptism, hearing the word, worshiping with each other, and whether that be online or on the radio or here in person. Faith is trust, and to trust someone You have to have a relationship with them. So now back to those disciples. The disciples have done pretty much nothing except for have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So they are really missing the point when they're asking to have more faith. Like I said before, it's almost sarcastic when Jesus says, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move a mulberry tree because it's ridiculous. They are afforded so much faith because they have such a deep connection to God through Jesus. And so sometimes, like I also said, relationships with one another, even God and Jesus, means a little bit of anger or disappointment, which is okay. It's okay if it moves us to change for the better. And the disciples might need just a little bit of change. They might need to be worrying a little less about how much faith they have for their own purposes, and maybe a little bit more about how their faith impacts what they are doing in the world. And so I really wish that this gospel lesson had included the beginning of chapter 17. So I'm going to read it for you. Jesus said to his disciples, note he's still talking to the disciples, occasions for stumbling, stumbling in their faith, are bound to come. But woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea, than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So more hyperbole here, but also a key and a reminder right before they, their complaint that their faith, it's not just about them or how much they have. It's about what they do with it. It's about their relationship with Jesus impacting how they go out into the world and share the good news and do the Jesus work. Jesus doesn't want them to stumble in their faith, even though he knows it will happen, because there's this possibility that it's going to impact how they're sharing the good news. And so that's why Jesus illustrates for them what they are missing in the story about the slave and the master in the second part of our gospel. Notice when Jesus says, do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? The answer to that would be no. He's saying that look, even this slave does their work, someone who is forced into that life. And you, my dear disciples, you have chosen to come and follow me. So how on earth can your relationship with Jesus not push you forward to live a Christ-like life? How can you believe that you don't already have what is needed? How can you believe that you don't already have a seed of faith that is so much bigger than a mustard seed? How can you be so turned in upon yourself proclaiming that you need more faith when Your relationship with Jesus is right in front of you. Now, I suspect that there are times when we might need that reminder as well. We might need just a teeny bit of righteous anger from Jesus because I know there are times we will stumble. We will feel like we are small and insignificant, and that our faith could never move a mulberry tree, or cause real change in this world. This week, I have been very immersed in watching the new Ken Burns documentary on the U.S. and the Holocaust. It's tough, and it's heavy, and one point that it really discusses heavily is how the Holocaust was first and foremost a humanitarian crisis. Refugees, Jewish and otherwise, were fleeing Nazi Germany in greater numbers as the Nazis rose in power and their methods of getting rid of the Jewish people escalated from bullying to gas chambers. It was hard to hear, but there were so, so many examples of how we as a nation were blinded by a lot of racism and judgment of the Jewish people saying we don't want those people in our country and it was sad and it was very disappointing to hear yet again and I have to say as I was watching it I kept thinking goodness this is so not the gospel how can these people be christians And then I asked, how could God not have been angry or sad or shed tears over the horror that faced so many people when Christ proclaimed 2,000 years ago, welcome the stranger, love your neighbor as I have loved you. But on the flip side of that, there were also, there were also these very neat stories of people who were fighting so hard to save just a handful of people. One guy even hid out in Southern France, eluding the police there with visas and the intention to save important authors, thinkers, and painters alike, but ended up saving about 2,000 people of all walks of life. And when I heard that story, I said, oh, that's faith right there. It is being in relationship with Jesus that brings life to our faith. And it is that relationship calling us to follow Jesus in this world, especially when it's tough or difficult, or when we feel like our faith isn't even the size of a mustard seed. The disciples demand for Jesus to increase their faith, but they don't need an increase in faith to do the work of the gospel. All they need is to remember, to remember that they are already in relationship with Jesus. And it is knowing that our relationship with Jesus, no matter how many times we stumble, is one where Jesus will never let go. Indeed, the disciples know who they are called to be. And you all know that too. And with that, there is nothing that our faith cannot do. Amen.